Welcome to City Reach Cumberland's weekly podcast. We hope this message blesses you. For more information about us, you can check us out on the web at cityreachcumberland.com. So, what I want to talk to you guys today about is your vision. Um, and I don't mean your vision as in like futuristic of like I see myself being a missionary or I see myself owning a big house or that. I want to talk to you about your, your physical vision that you see through your eyes. What, what is it that you see and how do you take it in? How do you perceive what you're looking at? Um, the eye is such a fascinating thing. And I got to look in at, at studies of the eye. And do you know that, that your, your eye actually takes several hundred pictures a second? But your brain can only process 30 to 60 of those. So it's, it's really important to which one of those pictures that your eye is taking that you're paying attention to, that, that how you're perceiving it, what you're seeing in it. Um, how, how this kind of came to me this week was I was driving down the road, and it was that day that we had the, the snow and the sun and the rain and the weather was bipolar on us. <laughs> I can't laugh up here, it hurts. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm, I'm driving down the road and I'm, I'm looking through my windshield and, and the salt and all the, 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 the snow and that was on my windshield and I, everything just kind of looked dirty to me in the world. Well, it wasn't that it was actually dirty, it was the factor that my windshield was dirty. So I was perceiving everything as, as it had dirt on it, but only because I was looking through something that, that was clouding my judgment, that was, that was clouding my thought process. So when you're looking at something, both physically and spiritually, how are you looking at it? What type of lens are you seeing these things that you're looking at? Um, Let's, before we go into Scripture, let's go ahead and pray and ask God to, to anoint this message and, and Him to be the one to speak. But also, um, I have a prayer request that I want you guys to join me in this week. Um, I visited a lady in the hospital, um, Tina Vonstein, and she is suffering from stage 4 liver cancer right now. And uh, the only thing that she really wants is just to see her grandchildren. She wants to be healed ultimately, and we, we believe God can do that, but she, she just wants to experience that love of the grandkids one more time. So um, I'm just going to ask you guys to, to pray with me and cover their family and just ask for God's healing and anointing in their time of tragedy here. Father God, we, just, we, we come to you with love. We stand in your joy, and we thank you for life today, God. We thank you for, for the blood of your son that, that has covered us, God, we thank you for the freedom that you've given us, and we thank you for the spiritual eyes that you've given us. God, we, we pray over top of the Von Stein family that, that you be with them. God, we, we ask for healing, that in the name of Jesus, cancer will be gone. God, in the, in the name of Jesus, the doctors will have skilled hands to remove this, or it'll be done supernaturally, but we believe that she will be healed. God, we ask for love to cover over top of this family, reunite them, and allow her to, to wrap her arms on her grandchildren again. God, as this message takes place here today, 
We ask that it's, that it's always it be 100% of you and zero of me. God, I ask that your spirit moves and allows us to see a newness today. Give us the eyes that you want us to have and give us the mind to perceive it as you do, God. We just thank you and we tell you that we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I was, as I was driving today, uh, that day that the, the windshield was messed up, there was a verse that came to mind, and it comes out of Matthew, and it's Matthew 6, 22 and 23 is where we're going to look at first. And it says, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness. I just think that's so cool how it, the, the light enters first through the eye and then it's perceived inside of you. How do you look at things? The, the lamp of the body is the eye and that works both inwards and outwards. And it's one of the things that I love most about working here and getting the opportunity to work with these homes. Um, whenever you see men and women come into these homes, you, you can look them in the eye and, and there's darkness there. There's, there's no life. It's, it reminds me really of, of Alex Bonstein. Um, you know, a year ago, a little over a year ago, uh, first time I met him, I was on his porch outside of his house, and he's telling me a story and talking to me and talking about coming into the home, and you could just look at him, and, I mean, there was absolutely no color to his eye. It, it almost looked like somebody just took the center of his eye and colored it in with, with a black marker. Um, moving forward from that several weeks, he comes into the home. He decides to, to make the decision to, to have God as his Lord and Savior, to believe in Jesus. And it was so amazing to see. The very next day, he gets out of the van. I'm standing outside of the church. And I said to him, you're a different person. And it, it just looked so much different, but it was it was the light inside of his eyes that I was seeing. There was something different there. There's a there's a reason when when you love somebody, they're saying you gaze into their eyes. It's because you can literally see the love inside of them when you look at somebody's eyes. Um. A few years ago, my wife was giving her testimony here, and it's actually what brought me back to God. I knew of God, but I, I seen her eyes, I seen the people around me, and it was it was amazing to see, and I said, I want that. So just know that just a, a simple look at somebody can can change their perspective on you and yourself. But also, how how do you look at it? Because it says, if your eye is bad, in verse 23, it says, But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So it's talking about when you look at things, you may see them, but how do you see them? When you look at a drug addict, do you see a drug addict? Or do you see a child of God that has an issue? Do you see a testimony? Or do you see a loser? It's how you perceive it with your eyes. And if, if, you're, if you're looking at the drug addict and what you see as a drug addict, that is darkness inside of you. That's, that's an inner core issue of why you see. You're not seeing through a clear lens. You're not seeing the light of God inside of that. 
But this, this verse is also in Luke 11, and it's verses 33 through 36. And I, I love how it puts it here. It says, no one lights a lamp and then, hide, and then hides it or puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where its light can be seen by all who enter the house. Your eye is the lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when it's bad, your body is filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. If you are filled with light, with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant, as though a floodlight were filling you with light. Your eye is the lamp that provides light for your whole body. When it's good, your body is good. How do you see darkness? You, you cover your eyes. But what is light? Light is physically all around us, but spiritual light is right here. This is, this is how you begin to see in a new way. And it, it, it dawned on me that when it talked about covering that light, it's a problem that a lot of us have. We want to stand and say, God, let me see what you have. God, I, I want the light. I want to be able to see clearly. But nothing happens. Why? Because we don't do this and take the cover off of it. We don't remove the basket off the top of the light. And what does it tell us? As soon as we remove that cover, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless, empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. When God said, let there be light, there was light. But the only way that that light came was by God. So what do we need to do to see that light? Open your Bible. Learn to see things through the spiritual eye as God sees it. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with the light. So we just talked about that of when you, when you see things properly, your body can radiate it like a floodlight. When you look at the drug addict and you don't see a drug addict, you see a child of God, you, you begin to be able to say, let me help you. See, the problem is, is, is a lot of people think that just putting on their Sunday best and coming to church, that that's, makes them the light. That that makes them the, what do, you, what do you guys call that, a Christianese? I guess it is. Um, that's not. We need to start looking at things a lot differently. But your body can shine that radiant light if you begin to look at it like that. I got a, a diagram of an eye here, and I, I thought it was so cool how, as I was looking through that, that windshield, and it was dirty, that the first place that light is seen is by the cornea, which is a, a clear front window to your eye. Eye. I'm sorry. So if you're not seeing, if, if you're not first receiving that light through a clear, through a clear window, you're not, you're not going to receive it in you. But the, the bigger problem is, is, you, is your spiritual window open. 
Is your spiritual window cleaned off to be able to receive the light? I don't know where I was going with that. I'm so sorry. So Colossians 3, 1 and 2 tells us, Since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits at the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Set your sights on the realities of heaven, not the things of earth. I told you that that your eye takes so many pictures, but you can only think of so many of them in that time frame. When you're looking at something, what are you seeing more of? What are you putting in front of you? Do you sit like that and look at this more than you look at this? Because that's where, if your brain's only processing, if you're looking at this and you're getting, you know, a thousand shots of this, but only 50 shots of this from your eyes, what is your brain taking in more thought process of? It's taking in the Facebook, the TikTok, the, what is, I don't even know what the other apps are called, Snapchat, all of that. What are you looking, what is your mind concentrating on? Again, when you, when you look at a person on the streets, how do you think of them? Think of the realities of heaven. Got to start getting the mindset of how does God look at it? We used to say, what would Jesus do? Let's start saying, how would Jesus see it? How would Jesus look at it? And the more that you train your brain to start thinking the realities of heaven, the more you'll be able to see it inside of you. If, if you only see it, I, I have two people that are in recovery right here in the, in the front row. But if, if I only look at her once and say, yes, she's recovered, she's redeemed, she's a child of God, but then I, I look at this one and I don't think the same, I'm going to continue. That one's going to, it's going to grow because you'll, you'll concentrate more on that as you look across people. See, it tells us in Philippians 4, 8, and 9, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So I know we just got through the, the, the series all about Phil and you guys are probably tired of Philippians, but it's, it's okay. I, I love this book. Um, but Paul is saying here, the things that you saw me, I'm sitting in prison right now. The things that you see me thinking of now, the things that I'm telling you right now, the things that, that you see of me, these are the things that I want you to, to think upon. When, when, you're, when, you're, when you're perceiving these, these images in your mind, Ask yourself, are they true? Are they pure? Are, are they lovely? Are they things of good report? 
Because if they're not, stop looking at them. Stop looking at them. Because the sooner you remove it from your vision, the sooner you can make space to start thinking of things that are and start looking at things that are. The problem that we have today is we don't, we don't want to see it with our own eyes. We don't want to look at self. We want to see every, we want to look at others and see their issues, but we don't want to look at self. So like I said, the eye works out and in. We want to, I want to see all of you, but I don't want to take a look right here at where I'm standing. So we need to start focusing our eyes on self. And it tells us in Matthew 7, 3, and 5, and why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. It's, you guys ever walked into somebody else's house and you can easily spot the, the basket of dirty laundry sitting on their couch? So I'm, I'm guilty myself, okay? Me and my wife, we have four kids. We're lucky if there's not dirty underwear hanging on the lampshade. <laughs> my wife does an amazing job at keeping it clean. I don't know how she keeps up with it. Um, but it, it's so true. It is so true. You can walk into somebody's house and you can spot their dishes, but you can walk into your own and think it's okay. You can, you can see the baskets of dirty laundry. You can see the carpet hasn't been vacuumed in a couple of days in somebody else's. But when you walk in your own, the carpet ain't vacuumed for two weeks, and you're like, eh, it's okay. It's okay. We do the same with our sin. We do the same with, with, with so much of it. And the problem is, you have a, a complete, not just a, a two-by-four in your eye, you have a tree that is rooted, and you need to call the Eevees to bring out their saw crew to cut this thing down for you. And that's, that's one of our, our bigger, is I want to see the speck in your eye, but I don't want I, I to ask you to help me with my own, because I don't want to admit my own faults. I don't want to see them. Who agrees that it's so much easier to see somebody else's than it is your own? Absolutely. So I want you guys to, to, to have the perception today to, to take a look at self. Do a self-evaluation. You know, who, who honestly has opened the Word of God in their house in the last seven days? Come, come on, guys. Like, I'm not saying that to belittle. I'm not saying... I'm just saying that so we can start looking at ourselves. And I'm guilty. I'm guilty myself. I, I, I honestly believe if it wasn't for my job, I'm not sure that I, that I wouldn't be in the same boat that you're in. Thank God that I do have the opportunity that I have 
that, that persuades me to keep going forward, but we need to start taking self-evaluations with this. And when you're taking the self, excuse me, we talk a lot about recovery, and a lot of people in here are in recovery, so you've probably heard the saying that I'm about to say. You sin, or excuse me, you relapse long before you relapse. How many people have heard that? I'm here today to tell you that you sin way before you sin. Why? Because of what we're talking about, your eye. And it tells us in Matthew 5, 28, but I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. I know some men are thinking right now, don't even go to this verse, stay away from it. Listen, guys, it's all right. I, I've struggled with this myself, and it's, it's a deep-seated issue. And, and the problem with it is exactly what we just had, this thing right here, the billboards that we have posted up. It's, it's something that is constantly in our vision. We've, we've portrayed it and placed it on a pedestal inside of this world today, and we're forced to look at it. So lust is just one of them. There's many things that we look at long before we do it. I never tripped and fell on a needle and injected heroin in my arm. I looked at my phone first. I called that number. I looked at the money. I handed it to the dealer. I looked at the bag of dope. I put it in the needle. I looked at the needle, and I put it in my arm. I looked at it long before I ever did it. And it's this thing that we do today. And because we've made it so normalized and we've put things in, in such a, a place of, of view that we're looking at it, our minds are getting thousands of images a day from our eyes. Stop looking at the stuff. If, if, the, if, the, if it's the phone, if it's the billboards, if, if you're, you're an alcoholic, stop looking at the liquor store. St Stop watching, stop watching the Super Bowl that has the Budweiser commercials. And it tells us to take care of that problem this way directly after that. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out, and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your strong hand, causes you to sin, Cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. I don't know about you guys. I don't want to spend eternal pain burning in hell. Anybody else with me on that? Like, I don't want to do it. And I would, I would much rather cut off a hand or lose an eye to, to not do that. Yes, this is, this is an, an extreme case, but, but God is telling us that you must go to extreme measures to remove this stuff from your life. I got rid of my Facebook for a purpose. Why? Because I took this verse to heart. 
I was scrolling and it caused me to look at things that I'm not supposed to look at. So what did I do? I removed Facebook out of my life. I just said if, if you're an alcoholic and the, the Super Bowl always has the beer commercials and that throughout them, if you're, you're a super football fanatic, yes, it's going to be painful to remove the Super Bowl out of your life. But I'm sorry, I would rather remove something that's such a mere blip of time. This life that we have is just a small blip of time in comparison to eternity. I would rather spend 80 years suffering of something so minute that has no factor in the bigger scheme of things than I would to lose that and spend eternity with everlasting hardship and pain and, and, and just chaos. I don't even know how to describe hell itself. Remove it from your life. And I, I think about that spot where it says, you know, to, to cut off your hand or, or gouge out your eye. Yes, it's going to be painful but it will heal. And what happens over time when you cut that hand off? At first, yes, you got to put the tourniquet on. It's going to be painful. you got to change the bandages. You're going to have to go through weekly pain. But it will heal. Just like if you remove something out of your life, it's going to suck for a little bit. It's going to be painful for a little bit. You're going to go through some hardships. But the more that you don't look at it, the more that your brain will start saying, I'm okay with not having that. Over time, it gets easier. Just like over time, cutting your hand off, it will heal. Yeah, you're going to be missing a hand, but it will heal. It is the same with the things that we're looking at. You know, after, after I got rid of my Facebook, I went probably three, four, maybe even longer of just boredom. I found, I did find other things on my phone to start filling that time. My, my Bible app did, the, the increased time on it went up a little bit. But it was, it was painful. It was discomfortable. I had, I had to start looking at other things to train myself to not worry about this. Now, do I still, you know, we're talking months that, it was, that it's been gone? Months. Now, there is still times that I'm like, huh, I should re-download that. I, I can do it again. No. No. Once you realize it's a sin, it tells us it is there for a sin for you. So do you, do you place that back in your life just so you can begin looking at it again? No. You don't, you, it, you can't just reattach your hand. I mean, in some cases they can, but it's, it's still painful. There's still other problems with it. But once you remove these things from your life, keep them gone from your life, and it will become easier. Now, I was just, I'm, I'm telling you that it, it can get hardship again. It can, it can become painful again, but that's just a moment. And the farther that you get yourself away from it, the easier it will become. Stop looking at the things that you are not supposed to look at. Start training yourself differently. Can I have you? So guys, I want to leave you with just one thought today. 
And if, if you don't remember anything I say, I want you to remember this verse. Psalms 119, verse 18. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instruction. Open my eyes. That is my prayer for you guys today. It's for your eyes to be open. Open to God's word. That your eyes are open to yourself. That your eyes are open to your own sin. Not just the sins of others. And after you open your eyes. Do this. And open your word. Because this is the only way that you're going to receive the light. If you're somebody here that's saying, if you guys want to stand with me, if you can, because I'm about to sit down. If you guys are here and you're saying to yourself, I need to open my eyes up a little bit more. I need, I need to, to see some more light. Or maybe I have a plank in my own eye that I need to remove. I want to pray for you. See me afterwards. These altars are open. But guys, ask God to open your eyes today. Ask God to spiritually open your eyes today. Father God, we stand here and we ask you to, to just give us your eyes. Allow us to see things the way that you see them today, God. God, if there is somebody here that has never had the opportunity or the want to open their eyes towards you, I ask that your spirit consumes them and gives them the greatest eye-opening moment that they've ever had. God, you are the light to our life. You are the light to this world. And we thank you for that light. We just ask, God, that that light continues to shine in all of our lives. And as it does, allow us to become that floodlight and shine inside of this dark world. God, as we take into this week, continue to let us see clearly. Continue to let us meditate on the things of you and not the things of the world. God, we tell you that we love you. We praise you. We ask everything in your son Jesus' name. Amen.